The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP, the best-run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies to shake up the status quo with big data and real-time and predictive analytics from the consumer to the enterprise. Learn how to help your organization move in exciting new directions. Here's your host, Bonnie D. Graham. Hello, and if you want to run with the Game Changers, you're in the right place. Today's buzz is VC funding. If you don't know what that is, we will explain. Let's take it from the top. You've got a world-impacting new idea, and you want to bring it to life. Wow, this is exciting. You need money. So you've gone and you've exhausted the generosity of what I was told is called the circle of Fs. Excuse me, family, friends, and fools. You know who they are and they know who they are, unfortunately. Next, you might say, oh, I want a VC, venture capitalist. That's a great way to use somebody else's money to build my dream. Sounds wonderful. Huh, a couple of words to the wise here before we continue. VC funding is not right for every company. VC funding is not easy to get. And by the way, the VC are in the business of getting returns, big returns on their investment. Are you really ready for that kind of pressure? I have a very interesting panel of experts in the VC field. They're going to share their insights, their expertise, their passion, and you're going to learn a lot. So if you haven't even a twinkle in your eye about starting a company, if you're already an entrepreneur, somebody looking for funding, listen up. If you know somebody who is, tell them to listen. Okay, let me tell you what my guests sent me in advance, and then we'll learn who they are, and we'll hear from them. So first up on the panel will be Rick Dutta from Next Visionist. He visited Visionix. Rick, I got that right. He is a serial entrepreneur. He has so many companies. I'll tell you all about them in a moment. His quote is, aim big, but be specific. This is sometimes attributed to John F. Kennedy, but I found it in an article called Lessons in Persuasion from the Most Celebrated American Presidents, relating to how Kennedy wanted to put a man on the moon by the end of the 60s. Pie in the sky? Yeah, but did he get specific? You bet. He did it. We'll talk more about that. Great quote, Rick. Thank you for that. Joining us today is a brand new guest, Craig Davis from Relevant. Can you spell it? Put two V's in the middle. That's relevant. He quotes Lord Kelvin. Quote is very interesting. If you cannot measure it, you cannot improve it. We'll talk to Craig Davis in just a moment. Rounding on our panel is a return guest, Gaurav Tawari from SAP Ventures. He knows his stuff. He's been on with me before. And he quotes John Kenneth Galbraith, who was quoted in Time Magazine March 3rd, 1961. Gaurav, are you even old enough to remember that? I don't think so. One of the greatest pieces of economic wisdom is to know what you do not know. That is words to the wise. So join us for valuable and invaluable insights 
insights on the pros and cons of VC funding. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, your host and moderator. You're listening to Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. We're here on the Business Channel. Those of you who are keeping count, this is episode number eight in our themed series. And a little birdie tells me we might be renewing this series for all of 2014. So you want to be in on the ground floor. Great information. It is live. We're live. It's Thursday, December 5th, 2013, hurtling toward the end of the year. But you might want to give yourself a gift by listening to this about the pros and cons of VC funding. By the way, join us in the hashtag Pound sign SAP Radio on Twitter. We've got tweets already from Craig Davis. We've got tweets from Rick Dutta. And we've got tweets from somebody called Game Changers. I think that's me. Okay, so let me introduce my panel. First up is Rick Dutta. He's a serial entrepreneur with over 25 years of experience in the high-tech industry. Some of his companies, in addition to his current CEO and chairman role at NextVisionix, I got it right this time, Rick, are NextGenix. And he co-founded Equinox in 2002, which was subsequently sold to iFlex now a division of Oracle. He has passive and active investments through his holding company in the mobile, telecoms, and software segments. He serves on various boards of directors. He has an MBA from UCLA, a master's in industrial and systems engineering from Iowa State, and a bachelor's degree in engineering from IIT in India. Welcome, Rick Dutta. How are you? I'm doing great. Glad to be here. Glad to have you back. I know I met you on another one of our shows. I think it was the Coffee Break with Game Changers series. Rick, where are you calling from today? And tell me the weather. Yeah, I'm calling you from sunny Southern California. Good. And what's it doing? So it's sunny. We'll just take that. We'll take that. We had a guest on yesterday's uh, Coffee Break show who said he was in London and the weather was described in one word, horrid. I said, let's just leave it alone. Okay, let's move to our new guest, Craig Davis. Relevant founder and CEO, Craig started his passion of taking complex data sources and making them into a real-time decision-making engines while in the investment banking industry, where he started out as a quant, developing complex algorithms and models. He worked at companies like Credit Suisse and Bank of America. He left the banking industry in 2006 and moved to technology into the marketing industry, where he founded The Standard Issue. It's a digital advertising company that was acquired in 2007. I'll just tell you that he's a skier, a traveler, a painter. He only speaks four languages. I'm sure there are going to be more. And he is a very interesting person. Craig Davis, welcome to Startup Focus with Game Changers. How are you today, Craig? I'm great. Thanks so much for having me. Delighted to have you. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from San Francisco, brisk San Francisco. Brisk. We'll take it. We'll take it. Good. Thank you, Craig. We're going to hear a lot more from you. And I didn't read your entire bio because I want you to tell us a little more about Relevant when we get you on the main part of the show. And Garv Tawari is our returning guest. He's the managing director at SAP Ventures, where he focuses on expansion and later stage investments with software, SaaS, internet, big data, mobile, and tech-enabled services. He previously was a principal of the Boston-based Highland Capital Partners, leading early and growth stage investments. He's got an MBA from Wharton, a BA and Master's in Computer Science and Economics from MIT, and he's a co-inventor on nine issued U.S. technology patents. Welcome, Gaurav. How are you? Hi, Bonnie. Great, and it's great to be back. Thank you. You've been on at least twice with me on Coffee Break, and you're perfect fit for this topic. By the way, where are you calling from today, Garv? So I'm calling from uh, Palo Alto, and it is a little chilly here, actually, although I suppose uh, relative to other parts of the country in London, I should not be complaining. 
That's true. And it's a little yucky here in New York. So I'll take your sunny and your chili out there. I'm glad you're all calling in. So let's do a deep dive into the quotes. You all sent me very interesting citations. We're going to find out why you pick these and what they have to do with our topic. We'll back into it if we have to. Rick Dutta from Next Visionix. You told me, aim big but be specific. Rick, how does this relate to our topic of the pros and cons of VC funding? Sure, Bonnie. Yeah, if you look at that quote, you know, it like it really refers to when uh, you know John F. Kennedy talked about uh, getting us to the moon out there and returning safely. Okay, and it was not about that pitch, right? And it was all about the specific nature of a lot of plans which goes behind it, and that's how the country went behind it. And then, really, for uh, us as entrepreneurs and entrepreneurial companies, you know, uh, you have to have a big idea. Okay, and that is a must. But it's not about just the big idea, right? It's all about can you execute it and do you have a plan to execute it? And with not about just a plan, but with specific timeframes in mind. And once you have that, then, then you're ready to scale. And, and so it's all about aiming big, but you have to be very, very specific about what you want to achieve, what timeframes and all that. And connected with this topic is that's mm-hmm. when, when you're going for any type of external funding, specifically venture capital funding, which naturally comes with its own sets of pros and cons. We'll talk about it. You have to be ready for that external funding. And what I call it, it comes with a lot of responsibilities also um, since it comes with, and you may lose a lot of autonomy. So that's what Mm -hmm. my main thing is all about, aiming big, but be specific to what you're trying to do and uh, down to the timeline. Thank you, Rick. You know, I'm a big fan since I, I met you and Gaurav last on, on a previous show or previous shows. I've become a big fan of the TV show Shark Tank. And everybody's happy and cheery and excited and they're pitching and they're looking for money and you never know what kind of deal they're going to get or don't get. But when pedal comes to, pedal comes to the pedal and the foot goes down and the sharks say, tell us, how did you decide on the valuation of your company? What's your income? What's your capability for production? And they get down to the real guts. A lot of people don't have those answers now, live TV at the time. They don't have it, and they lose. So aim big but be specific. I think we see those examples on TV, on reality TV, Rick, and it's very frightening to watch them go, blah, 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 blah. we'll get more of that later. Thank you so much for sharing that insight with us. Craig Davis from Relevant, you have quoted Lord Kelvin. This is a good one. If you can't measure it, you can't improve it. Talk to me, Craig. What's special about Lord Kelvin and relate that to our topic, please? Well, uh, Lord Kelvin is a 1980s, uh, or eight, was born in the late 1800s, and uh, he was a mathematical physicist and engineer. And uh, if you know the Celsius, um, if you ever use Celsius, he, he's the mm-hmm. one who, who, um, who found zero degrees. And uh, he also contributed to a lot of other things. But one of the main things the, uh, that he said, or one of the things that he said, is that if you cannot measure it, you cannot improve prove it. And I think that... You can take this uh, quote broad, uh, with, uh, as a broad statement that I think covers VC investments. Uh, it covers companies as well. Uh, we are a company really focused on metrics as a SaaS mm-hmm. business. Um, we're looking at cost to acquire companies or acquire new, new customers. We're looking at the lifetime values of customers, et cetera. But for our customers, we're looking at um, interesting things like KPI, uh, levels of engagement, uh, engagement improvement, um, lots of other things that we're looking at um, and we're measuring. 
And uh, we're looking at each of these uh, key performance indicators to help them improve improve their their performance over time, their Mm -hmm. marketing performance over time. And with that, we hope that that uh, improves their bottom line as well, resulting in higher return on investments on their part. So uh, we try to measure everything so that we can improve everything. Thank you. Good perspective. Yes, and when it comes down to the bottom line, somebody has to measure it and somebody has to have an answer. So we'll be getting to more of that. Thank you, Craig. Gaurav Tiwari from SAP Ventures. You quote, John Kenneth Galbraith, one of the greatest pieces of economic wisdom is to know what you do not know. That's really words of wisdom, I think, outside of the world of economics. But talk to me. Great quote. Where did you find it? You couldn't even have been born in those days. How did you find Time Magazine quoting him on March 3rd, 1961? Come on, tell me. Well, that's very kind of you, Ani. But uh, you know, one of the ni- nice things about uh, uh, it, the internet is you can find uh, quotes all over. So, <laughs> but it's actually a quote that uh, I've held near and dear for many years. Yeah. And it's certainly particularly applicable, you know, to the world that uh, we live in at SAP Ventures, which is really around funding, innovation, and entrepreneurship. Uh, the basic gist of the quote, as it relates to uh, the topic at hand, is that entrepreneurs need to be aware of what they don't know. You know, entrepreneurship, by definition, is an exercise in building uh, and creating something novel, something new. There are twists and turns on the path that are uh, some are anticipated and many are most are unanticipated, in fact. So in, 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 a, in a very meaningful sense, what a good VC and board member can do is to be a good complement to the founding team as well as the founder and helping them understand what are the other aspects of their business or their industry or, or the venture capital uh, space that they need to be aware of and take into account. You know, I, I appreciated hearing Craig's comments just now about uh, measuring everything, and I, we certainly love that in our CEOs when they take a deeply analytical approach towards measuring and fine-tuning their business. And to some extent, the, what, the more you measure, the more you become aware of the, what, you know, of, of where, where the business is strong and where it's not strong, but you've got to know what to measure as well, and that's, that's uh, part of knowing what you don't know. Thank you, Garv. That's great, and it takes us right up to our first break. I'm going to give you all about 50 set. Talk about measuring it. I'm going to give you 57 seconds, yes, to take a deep breath and come back. When we come back, we're going to go into the roundtable segment talking about getting down to the, the down and dirty, what are the pros and cons of VC funding. But as Rick and Garv know, when we come back, before we get down there, we're going to talk about what's in your cup today. So, Craig, I want you to think about something amazing you're drinking or what you wish you were drinking, coffee, tea, water, juice, soda, milk. No champagne, no Kool-Aid, just the real deal. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. You're listening to Startup Focus with Game Changers presented by SAP. Our topic today is pros and cons of VC funding. I'm speaking with Rick Dutta from NextVisionix. I'm speaking with Craig Davis from Relevant. I want to say those Vs there in the middle. And Gaurav Tiwari from SAP Ventures. Don't even think of touching that dial, that mouse, that app. You know the drill. We'll be right back. Mike out. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. 
In today's globalized world, the competition for customers and marketplace has never been fiercer. Emerging technologies, especially those like big data, can help level the playing field and enable everyone from established enterprises to nimble startups to radically change the status quo. The bottom line? If you embrace technology, you can innovate your way to success. Big data is changing the way we live our lives and do business. Learn how with Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. With new companies like yours competing aggressively for top customers, your strategies and tools must level the playing field and position you well against your larger adversaries. Today, you are faced with global competition for both customers and talent that will drive your business. The bottom line? You need to define what's going to set you apart, and you need to embrace innovation in every facet of your company and your brand. Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter, hashtag S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Now, let's get back to Startup Focus with Game Changers. Yes, we're back. And I'm going to ask my guests what's in their cup today because Startup Focus with Game Changers is part of the umbrella series we have ongoing at SAP called Coffee Break with Game Changers. So, Rick Dutta, what's in your cup today or what do you wish you were drinking? Rick? Yes. I'm actually sipping my afternoon cup of tea. It's about 1 p.m. here or just after 1 p.m. sunny Southern California, right? As they say, it's uh, always tea time somewhere. (laughs) That's true. I want to know more. What kind of tea? Come on. Yeah, it's uh, regular black tea out there. You know, that's what I enjoy rather than all the different flavors of tea. Now you find around. So I like, I enjoy my Darjeeling, as they call it, uh, you know, black tea. Good, good to know. Thank you. I think you're very consistent on your drink. Good to know. Craig Davis, you're new to the show. What are you drinking today, or what do you wish you were drinking after the show, Craig? Well, today is a unique and special day. Today I'm drinking green tea with pomegranate, So um, with pomegranate as well. So it is delicious. I typically drink coffee. We've got a great number of coffee shops here in the Soma district of San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Um, which is uh, near the ballpark, and there are lots of little uh, coffee places that I, I like to frequent. But today is a special day, and I'm drinking the uh, the black tea or the, so we uh, have the green to, tea with pomegranate. The green tea. So I have to ask you, why did you switch drinks? That's the interesting story. Why the difference today, Craig? Uh, the difference is that I had meetings this morning, and I uh, had to run into the office to make this uh, show, and. Um, what we had, the, the best looking thing that we had in the, um, in the uh, uh, kitchen was this green tea, and I thought I'd do that. Oh, you're adaptable and flexible, I can tell. That's good news. I hope you're really I enjoying am. it. Sound, it's healthy, Craig. Let's turn to Gaurav Tiwari, uh, Managing Director at SAP Ventures. What are you drinking today, Gaurav? <laughs> Hi, Bonnie. I'm having unsweetened almond milk, actually, Ooh. and uh, I'm trying to be a little bit more health conscious for the holidays. 
Sounds good. Unsweetened. Is it a little on the bitter side, the sharp side, or is it palatable? No, actually, it's, a, it's, a, it's great. And, uh, you know, I've actually been fascinated by this whole emergence of uh, healthy foods and health-conscious consumption as a, as a mega trend. Uh, quite con- candidly, if, uh, if I didn't focus uh, just on technology investing, uh, this would be a very interesting area to invest in as well around uh, retail and uh, consumer packaged goods. I had a feeling you were going to say that. Yes, every idea is a potential something to invest in. Very good point. So you know what? Let's talk about, let's start our roundtable. I'm going to start off with the first guest we introduced because I want to talk about the pros and cons of VC funding. Rick Dutta, Next Visionix, you have some points you wanted to share with us about the pros of VC funding. First of all, Rick, why don't you level set for us, please? What, what is a VC? Who are they? Where are they? How do you find them? Let's just do a little background check here before we get into the pro side of investing. How would I know a VC if I bumped into one on the street or what street would I find them on? Just share with us, please. Well, certainly, I'm not sure you would recognize them just if, if you're traveling with them out there. But certainly, if you were to go, as as our friends on the show said, you know, in the Northern California, out on the uh, Sand Hill Road out there, once you, uh, you know, you can find them, um, you know, one after the other. So you, you, you can spend a whole day visiting uh, 10 or 15 of them. No, I was kidding. You know, you just cannot uh, do 10 <laughs> or 15 visits in one day, but you can certainly find them out there. Uh, and when you go for the venture capital funding, that's a whole thing, you know, and like, and that's a choice which people make, right? Um, you know, um, where I look at myself or any other entrepreneur, uh, there's a timing for this venture capital funding. Uh, mm-hmm. When you are ready, when you think you have pivoted the company, because I always believe that you know, it's very difficult to come up with the first idea being the best idea out there. A lot of times mm-hmm. you start a company and you're pivoting it over the first couple of years. And then when you're ready to scale and you think you have focused it, that's probably the time. Uh, to really to look for the venture capital funding because this is your time to scale it up. As a uh, venture capital friend of mine said, when you're ready to jump onto an express train rather than a local train, that's the time to get venture capital funding. Interesting. What kind of money are we talking about? What's the cliff? And I mentioned in the front of the show, in the top of the show, the the circle of Fs, the family, friends, and fools. We already all know who those are. and We know when we tap them out or we tap out their goodwill, we have to go somewhere else. There are angels. There are VCs. Can you give us a definition of what kind of money? Uh, Craig, you want to jump in on this? What kind of money would we be talking to an angel about versus a VC? Where What's the monetary split there? Well, over the past uh, few years, the uh, the size of an angel round has has varied. It um, goes as, as low as um, as fifty thousand dollars to start up an idea, um, and you're accepted into an incubator of some sort, and um, you're taking family and friends money. But you know, I've got friends who've raised seed rounds of you know two point five million dollars, two point five or three million dollars. So it depends on it depends on uh, the the company. Uh, it depends on the um, the entrepreneur's vision and uh, his or her ability to uh, to convince uh, investors of that vision and of the size of that vision. So we did a seed round uh, about a year and a half ago or two years ago, and um, our company launched um, officially. Our product launched about uh, about uh, eighteen months ago. Uh, but um, you know, at, at this point, we're looking at potentially raising a Series A round, which could range between uh, 5 and $10 million. Okay. 
And Gaurav, you want to chime in on the, the cliff for VCs? What kind of money are we talking about from your perspective at SAP Ventures? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, you know, VCs and, and professional angels, uh, I would say, are, you know, very opportunistic, right? So there's, uh, there's really no one-size-fits-all, and uh, there are many variables that come into consideration, and most importantly, the potential of the opportunity and the amount of uh, traction that's been established, uh, as well as kind of how much capital the business needs. So in, in many ways, uh, the ranges, you know, vary widely. I think uh, the numbers that Craig threw out are generally representative. In our case, you know, at SAP Ventures, we typically focus on uh, mid- to late-stage companies, so kind of expansion stage funding. We're investing out of a $650 million fund, and we typically invest anywhere from 10 to $25 million in, in an initial investment. Uh, but, of course, the companies uh, that we look at tend to be a little bit more later stage. So they've uh, typically grown a bit. They have greater capital needs. And oftentimes they've proven uh, their ability to uh, achieve product market fit uh, and really need to kind of step on the pedal in terms of go-to-market. And that requires, you know, deploying more capital for things like adding to the sales force, uh, building out the infrastructure and the back end to make sure it scales appropriately, and then, you know, sometimes international expansion can also be uh, a big, big theme that we continue to see in the types of companies that we focus on. Okay. Thank you very much. Let's talk about, I want to stack up on the left side, the pros. So why don't we toss out as many pros of VC funding as possible? Rick, you want to start that? We're just going to make a short list. Maybe it's a long list. Go ahead, Rick. Sure. Um so the other thing which comes to my mind, especially for the first-time entrepreneurs, and, and it's also uh, for people like us who have been there a couple of times before, it really provides you, gives you a financial discipline, a management discipline, as soon as you bring an external investor out there, especially with the venture capital funding, right? You know, VCs tend to take, rightfully so, a more active involvement uh, with the management of, uh, of the business playing a pivotal role in setting up targets, milestones, because, you know, uh, most of the time and all the time, you know, they are focused on, and rightfully so, the VCs are focused on return on their investment. And if you're thinking about that, you have to have a financial discipline. And I think that's a great complementary uh, strength they bring to the table, among a lot of other things. Okay. Okay. Uh, Craig, you want to add to the list? Uh, well, I'll say growth. It's important for growth, especially with a SaaS business like ours, um, the cost to acquire. Uh, each customer produces negative cash flow, cumulative cash flow for a not- number of months. And, and uh, you know, it's necessary to grow companies quickly, uh, but it requires um, uh, increased investment. Uh, one of the things that uh, we've been, uh, we've been, uh, dealing with is we're starting to get a backlog of clients who are interested in utilizing our, our product, but the cost to integrate that uh, that client is uh, is is uh, is high, and so for us it is important for the growth uh, of the company to start to to um, take advantage or I'm sorry unlock the potential or unlock the backlog that we have so that we can move forward. Uh, in addition, I think that um, there's VCs have a good high-level understanding of the ecosystem and mm-hmm. also the other players out there and competitors. And uh, they're a good sounding board for um, strategic um, uh, changes and shifts and product shifts, et cetera. Um, but then also I think that um, strategic investors 
Um, and, you know, uh, SAP is not, uh, SAP Venture, and uh, maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, Rob, is not necessarily a strategic investor, but they do invest on, on, behalf, of, uh, on behalf of SAP. Uh, but that said, uh, strategic investors uh, typically uh, can help to deepen technology. They can help to increase exposure to a customer base. And also with a name like theirs, typically can add uh, credibility to a company. Um, and then I think there are a lot of intangibles uh, contributions that, to a business that help um, companies like ours acquire talent on the um, C-level side and also on the engineering side mm-hmm. and also new customers as well. Interesting. So it sounds like the the sense of community or the opportunity to meet people who are on the funding side to expand your base of pool, your talent, of pool talent and um, the advisors to the company. Gaurav, I'm about to take a break, but why don't we just go one more minute if you want to add some pros. And when we come back, you're going to start off the topic of the cons of VC funding. So Gaurav, anything positive you want to add before we go? Yeah, sure. And, you know, let me, let me just actually just add to Craig's comment because um, mm-hmm. we are, as a city venture, we are a bit of a unique entity in the sense that uh, we have, uh, you know, we provide the, we have a financial returns orientation and we have uh, provide access to deep pockets, uh, much like any leading expansion stage growth equity investor out there. But at the same time, uh, by virtue of our affiliation with SAP, a $100 billion you know, global technology leader, we're able to leverage that ecosystem to add value to our companies in a way that we think is highly differentiated and unique in the market. So, what, And this, this touches on one of the big pros of VC funding, right, that it's not just about the money. A good investor, a good venture capitalist can bring tremendous value beyond the money. Uh, they can extend the entrepreneur's network and be a valuable mm-hmm. referral source for potential recruits as well as customers and partners. They can also help in, quite frankly, branding the company. When we invest in a company, we often see a halo effect, uh, fortunately, from that by sort of a good housekeeping seal of approval. And, uh, you know, given our presence and track record in the marketplace, having been active, uh, actively investing for over 20 years. In addition, the individuals on our team uh, typically have uh, significant depth and breadth in their own backgrounds and are able to be uh, effective board members in terms of rounding out the entrepreneur's capabilities and opening up their own Rolodex and expertise to complement those of the founder and CEO. Thank you very much. Guess what? We're going to give you all a break for just one minute. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. We're speaking today with Rick Dutta, with Craig Davis, with Gaurav Tiwari. We're talking about the pros and cons of VC funding. A lot of good advice here, a lot of great insights from people who know what they're talking about. They're in the trenches on one side or the other of that funding equation. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back with more. We'll pick up where we left off with Gaurav Tiwari talking about the cons of VC funding. And a birdie tells me he has a long list of things to be aware of so you don't want to miss this we'll be right back mike out from the boardroom to you voice america business network 
With new companies like yours competing aggressively for top customers, your strategies and tools must level the playing field and position you well against your larger adversaries. Today, you are faced with global competition for both customers and talent that will drive your business. The bottom line, you need to define what's going to set you apart and you need to embrace innovation in every facet of your company and your brand. Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. In today's globalized world, the competition for customers and marketplace has never been fiercer. Emerging technologies, especially those like big data, can help level the playing field and enable everyone from established enterprises to nimble startups to radically change the status quo. The bottom line, if you embrace technology, you can innovate your way to success. Big data is changing the way we live our lives and do business. Learn how with Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Listening to Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Startup Focus with Game Changers. We are. We're back. And thank you for the break. When we left off, we were making a list. I hope you're all writing this down of the pros, the positive side of VC funding for your startup. And now we're going to look at the other side, the flip side, the cons of VC funding. I'm going to start off this part of the conversation with Gaurav Tiwari from SAP Ventures. Gaurav, what should people be aware of? The downside, the danger point, the OMG deal breaker in order to get the VC, and once you get them, what we, I think some people call it getting in bed with the board, perhaps. I don't know if that's too crude, but talk to me, Gaurav. Let's, let's get down to the real nitty-gritty of why not, why not get a VC to fund you. Talk to me. Sure, Bonnie. Well, first of all, I think it's, it's important to recognize that VC funding is certainly not appropriate for every company. Uh, for most entrepreneurs, right, having the luxury of spending someone else's money to build a business is, is generally a big positive. However, in return, uh, VCs also need to achieve their venture scale returns, or what are called venture scale returns. And that generally means that VCs have an expectation that the business can grow rapidly and they can achieve a multiple of their cash. Uh, you know, whether that's a 3x, three times their multiple, or 10, 10 times their multiple depends on sort of the stage orientation of the VC. But in general, the entrepreneurs need, need to understand that when they take on VC funding, they're taking on the responsibility and, and sort of the commitment, in many ways, of uh, delivering an adequate return to the VC and growing the business in a way that would be conducive to that return. So, for instance, there are many businesses out there, you know, if somebody were to start a single, uh, single-site restaurant, that might be a perfectly mm-hmm. fine business, but that's not necessarily appropriate for VC funding because it will never achieve the type of scale that VCs want to achieve. Typically, when we invest in companies, we're looking for companies that can achieve billion-dollar-plus valuations, that could be potentially publicly traded companies. Garf, Garf, stop not, right there. You, you said billion with a B, correct? Th- that's exactly right. That's exactly so right. Billion with a B. We're, so we're not playing in the kiddie end of the pool. We're playing in the big kid's end of the pool, correct? 
Well, I think so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll, Just I'll, wanted I'll, to make I'll, that yeah. clear. <laughs> Go ahead. That's, that's right. And, you know, if you look at the classically funded VC companies, whether it's LinkedIn or uh, Marin Software that we were fortunate enough to invest in, these companies have, you know, uh, in LinkedIn's case, uh, over a $30 billion market capitalization, and many of our other uh, publicly traded companies are well on their way to getting to uh you know, valuations in the billion-dollar-plus range. And that's, quite frankly, what we just need to achieve to, uh, to deliver an appropriate return to, to uh, you know, given our return profile. So that's first and foremost. So I think, for, first of all, make sure, you know, as an entrepreneur, you need to make sure that your business is actually appropriate for VC funding mm-hmm. and that you're prepared to sign up for this. Secondly, um, you know, I'd say, as you, as you mentioned, you know, the VC entrepreneur relationship is kind of like a marriage in some ways. Mm-hmm. The, the average company, from according to the National Venture Capital Association, takes 10 years from inception to exit. Uh, so, average VC-backed company. So, in this relationship between the VC and entrepreneur is going to be incredibly intimate. It's going to last over several years. And so, the being in bed analogy is, is somewhat crude, but it's somewhat fitting as well in the sense that mm-hmm. you've got a very hands-on investor who's going to be involved with you. That doesn't mean the investor is going to interfere with your business, but it also means that it's an investor that you're going to interact with very frequently. And, um, and one of the pros of that is obviously that the investor is a great sounding board and a resource and a complement to you. In fact, you know, it's sort of like uh, it's, a, it's, a best, it's a best of both worlds. The investor is giving you money to be able to give you access to their resources and their time. So that's a great situation, but that comes with expectations and obligations. So, but, uh, but more to the point of this long-term relationship, right, investors need to make, I mean, entrepreneurs need to make sure that, the, uh, that there's a good chemistry between them and the investor, that, and also that the investor's objectives are aligned with those of the entrepreneurs. And all these things should be geared towards minimizing friction further down the road. For, and even within the realm of uh, venture capital investors and particularly angel investors, which tend to be more different in their pro- return profiles, you know, I'll give you an example. Let's say an investor mm-hmm. has a two, two-year horizon, but they really want to exit, achieve a return on their money by exiting the company in two years. Well, okay. that could be a real issue for an entrepreneur if they need to have an investor with a longer time horizon. So it's important for an entrepreneur you know, to also qualify the different types of funding sources available to them, the different types of VCs, and clarify what the VCs' objectives are, what their timeframes are, and whether those are consistent with the entrepreneur's uh, objectives and vision as well. And then Thank you. Money, I'd, say, I'd say that, yeah. you know, uh, kind of you, you kind of mentioned when opening this question to talk a little bit about the pros and cons of mm-hmm. the valuation aspect. I mean, the con yes. of that is, you know, entrepreneurs are often in my experience, often fixated on achieving a very high valuation for their company. And that basically means that um, when the venture capital, capitalists invest in their business, uh, the venture capitalist gets a lower ownership stake in their business if the entry price is high. However, you know, particularly in this environment where we've seen a very uh, healthy public market, some would say frothy public market for the last couple of years, mm-hmm. uh, a high valuation is really a double-edged sword. And that really means that you know, the investor requires a minimum return of the capital upon an exit. And so a high entry price could constrain exit timing and options for the entrepreneur. And more, some, perhaps more importantly, you know, in Silicon Valley, we often see a detrimental impact of high valuations on employees because employees yeah. will typically come in with the expectation of options in the company and achieving some you know, equity upside for their options. And a high price just means that the hurdle for them to achieve a return is, is higher. 
and that demotivates employees. And that could be a real competitive disadvantage in a very competitive talent market like Silicon Valley, where entrepreneurs, where uh, employees are actually savvy enough to figure out, well, where am I going to make the most money? Thank you, Garv. A lot of good good points that could be deal breakers, but certainly it sounds like the entrepreneur has to do their diligence. It's not something you do after you read the Sunday papers and brew a new cup of cappuccino on Sunday morning. This is part of your business. This is something you have to know and know very well. Who are you going to have dinner with every night? Who are you going to steady date? Who is the partner you're getting in bed with on the funding side? Craig Davis, you want to add, subtract what to what uh, Garv just shared with us? Uh, no, I, I think that uh, Garf was was on point uh, on everything he said. I think that there are some entrepreneurs that would not be appropriate for country capital investing, and I think that that should be. Um, I, I think that that before the entrepreneur goes out and uh, spends a lot of time spinning wheels, uh, talking to investors, uh, they should look at um, closely at what uh, the investment criteria. And the goals of in of, of venture capitalists are, and whether that is aligned with their own. Um, you know, a couple of the cons that I thought of earlier is that um, you know a board uh, or a VC may actually restrict a company from making uh, some shifts in business. When we first started out, we started out as quite a different company, uh, mm-hmm. but because we didn't have a board. Um, we were able to, um, because our, you know, our boots are on the ground and our ears are on the ground, we were able to shift the company to, um, to, to uh, take advantage of trends that we were seeing. And so you know, big data was huge, and uh, we also saw the fact that there was a real need and desire for uh, m- uh, marketers to have um, really easy, really easy access uh, to big data so that they could leverage that for marketing purposes across multiple, mm-hmm. uh, multiple channels. So, you know, our shift, I think, was fortuitous. Um, since then, we've been able to do really well, and we've gotten uh, quite a bit of traction with, uh, with in, in our market. Um, I also mentioned uh, in, uh, before this uh, that I think that certain types of strategic investors, again, this is not SAP, but other sorts of uh, strategic investors may uh, make it more difficult to pursue, pursue relationships with, uh, with um, you know, those companies' competitors. Um, say, for example, uh, we got took an investment from a, a uh, large uh, media company. Um, mm-hmm. If we um, took an investment from a large media company, it may be difficult for us to do business with other competitors as well. So um, I think that uh, in some cases, and these are rare, uh, some cases, uh, you know, investment may present uh, other sort of unanticipated, uh, unanticipated um, uh, dynamics uh, in the market for a company that is trying to grow. Interesting. I'm thinking of uh, the analogy of the marriage that Garv was talking about a, a few minutes ago. You want to have a dinner party and you have your guest list and your, your SO, significant other, meaning your VC, says, <laughs> they're not coming to this table. No way. Didn't I tell yeah. you that? Very interesting. Yeah. I, I, putting it down in really human terms. you agree with that analogy, Craig? I, I agree with that. It's, it's a rare case. And uh, for traditional VCs, that almost never happens. But, um, but uh, that, that is a rare case. Um, overall, 
overall for a company like ours um, that is really focused on enterprise uh, style business, you know, a VC investment is a no-brainer for us. Good. And I have a question for Rick Dutta. Rick, join in the conversation. We're on the con side of VCs. What do you think? Anything to add or expand on that your co-panelists have discussed so far? Sure. Uh, you know, a few points here. You know, first, I'd like to sort of chime in with what Craig said about uh, you have to be making sure the timing is right. So for what he talked about, pivoting the company in the early stages of the company, when we started the company first, uh, we are in the retail consumer brand segment out there. We started off in our on-premise model, non-cloud SaaS model, and focused on sort of a planning side of the business, but we quickly morphed it towards this whole analytical side of it, really taking the strengths of planning and all that in moving into the whole analytics, cloud, SaaS, and the big data side. And a lot of times, if you took the investment very early, you may or may not be able to sort of refocus yourself. So you have the flexibility in the early stages before you take Mm -hmm. the VC money to do some of that. So that becomes a huge thing. So the timing is very important when you take the VC fund. For example, for us, now we have morphed the company. We have got now, um, you know, the initial set of clients. We've got revenue going. Now we are ready to scale and expand. Now, if you look at it, I come back to Nagarov's point about is now you look into it, okay, yeah, there is hundreds of VC companies. Now, it's the same thing when you go after a marketplace, right, or your customers. Who are your customers or market, right? So it's the same thing. You need to sort of identify yourself uh, with the VC firm in a couple of different ways. One, in terms of financially and all that, trying to say, you know, uh, what do they invest in? What is the cycle? You know, are they are, uh, mid-stage, late-stage late funding people? That's one aspect of it. Uh, what is the firm's specialty? Those type of things because that's how they bring in uh, the strength to, to a company like us. But also, as Gaurav mentioned, it's very important that, uh, that it's, you know, a lot of times it's not about a year or two. It could be mm-hmm. three to four to five years of being together in a close relationship with the board and VCs naturally will play a part on the board. So, and, and in any stage of the company, there will be not just moments of everything is going great and going all right. There will be tough times, extreme stress, and you should be able to be working alongside of people you really enjoy with, right? So you mm-hmm. have to choose your VC partners also from that perspective. You have to look, them, look at them and say, hey, can I really be with them in good and bad times? That's very, very important, I think. So, I have you know, I have two questions, Rick. I'm, we're almost up to our last break before we go to predictions. I have two quick questions for the entire panel. Whoever jumps in, jumps in. Question number one. Actually, just one question. Let's start with this one because we're short on time. VCs, we're just assuming in this conversation that it's an established venture capitalist firm, that they have the money, they know what they're doing, they have connections, that you would want to do business with them. What about... The entrepreneurial VC who says, hey, I've got the bucks. I made them in whatever industry I'm in. I'm going out there hanging up my shingle and saying, I'm a venture capitalist. I have money to give. Would you trust them? Who wants to be the first client of a new VC? Anybody want to take that one? I'm just very curious about this. Yeah, sure. I mean, Bonnie, I'll comment on this real quick as a starting Mm -hmm. point. Um, You know, so I I think it all comes down to, you know, doing, doing your homework as an entrepreneur, right? And it depends on, I mean, it's, the, the Silicon Valley is, uh, is filled with entrepreneurship, not just to, for uh, operating companies, but also in the venture capital space. 
new VC firms come up all the time. A lot of times, the people are known commodities, right? They're coming from uh, a background and track record that's referenceable and credible, and, and they're known. So it's not exactly like starting from a blank slate. There is some reputation and history that feeds mm-hmm. into it. And an entrepreneur needs to do their uh, homework on, on who that VC is and basically taking time to understand their goals, their time horizon, and uh, their involvement level, as well as their expertise and uh, their value add. I would say there's a, you know, you touched upon it, maybe uh, you touched upon a very interesting underlying theme, which is these ex-entrepreneurs who become VCs, right? And uh-huh. uh, there are pros and cons to that. But the, on the surface, uh, entrepreneurs are attracted to that because they think, well, if somebody's kind of built a company before, they've kind of been there, they've done that, and they surely give me a ton of advice about how to build my own company. However, actually, the, in my experience, it's, uh, it's far more complex. In most cases, entrepreneurs who have done it before will try to superimpose their own image of what works in the companies that they invest in. And that's not good, generally, right? So what worked 20 years ago when, or 10 years ago when this, let's say, this hypothetical entrepreneur turned VC built and mm-hmm. sold their last company will probably not work today. In fact, you know, given the velocity of which things are moving, uh, it is more likely to cause damage today. To some extent, that you know, that those mm-hmm. patterns of those templates that worked uh, in the last last generation of companies uh, may or may not be applicable, and they're generally not applicable. So, I think this is why this is a complicated uh, subject. But it comes down to an entrepreneur using their judgment and doing their homework to understand what value the VCs will bring. And in, in fact, some of the most most um, successful VCs uh, in this industry have been professional investors. Because the benefit of that has been that they don't have any pre- preconceived uh, you know, conceptions of what does work and what doesn't work. Rather, they're more get constantly getting input from the market, and they're market-driven and adaptive, but they do bring the expertise of having managed uh, dozens of companies, sat on dozens of boards, and feed that in a dynamic fashion to the entrepreneur. Thank you, Garvin. I remember my other question. You know what? You, you all three are brave. You've been on the show with me for almost 45 minutes. Now, we're going to skip the break and go right into the predictions. No break for you guys. But I have a question before we go into predictions quickly. A question for Craig Davis. Does an entrepreneur at the level of what you're doing with Relevant ever sleep? Do you ever go on vacation? Are you constantly waiting for that, that text message, that cell phone to ring, that ping from somewhere from one of your VCs saying, well, 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 is there ever any rest for the weary? in the world of entrepreneurs who have VC funding. Craig Davis? Uh, definitely not. Actually, I'm supposed okay. to go on vacation in the next uh, <laughs> uh, next <laughs> week. And this has been a long and I think well-deserved uh, vacation. Uh, so um, I, I will say that, um, that there is a lot of uh, stress at times, but there are a mm-hmm. lot of also... also um, uh, great things that are happening with us um, as we grow. So um, still there's no rest for the weary. And, um, yep. and you know, this is, this is this work of passion for us here and for me. So, um, you know, I don't mind staying awake at this point. That's what I wanted to hear, the word passion. Rick Dutta, I'm going to get you in for 30 seconds on that, and then we're going to go to predictions because we're almost out of time. Rick, do you agree? Entrepreneurs with a VC funding, they're not going to rest, they're not going to sleep, and they might not get their vacation. What, what's your experience, Rick? Well, I think uh, with or without VC, an entrepreneur really uh, funds his company with passion, right? Uh, you know, so uh, I think uh, from the very first time they decide that, uh, you know, to fund a company out there, 
uh, you know, they are working in a 24-hour days. I think with the VC funding, it just brings upon another uh, layer of responsibility, right? Mm-hmm. You know, that, so it comes with the responsibility that you are taking somebody else's money, so you have to be careful about that, how you spend it, how you leverage it, and all that. So, so it really, what I would say is that, yes, it certainly, uh, you know, I don't think so the working hours change from before to after, uh, mm-hmm. but it brings another sense of responsibility, which is, which is sometimes good. You know, that's where I bring up the very first point of bringing in managerial financial discipline, uh, which uh, which you have to bring in, uh, and the venture capitalists can uh, firms can really complement you with that. Good, Rick. I'm going to give you one minute to add on your predictions. If we had this conversation five years from today, December 2018, what would you be saying about the pros and cons of VC funding at a high level? One minute, please. Sure. I think the biggest thing which I see about five years from now, this whole term of venture capital things may be sort of totally. Uh, you know, uh, going away because already we are seeing the whole impact of, we heard about angel funding going from mm-hmm. half a million dollars to somewhere. We are hearing about crowdsourcing, right? We are mm-hmm. hearing about this. So there won't be a specific term called just venture capital the way we look at it. So five years from now, I think there's a lot of options for people, especially with the social media going on, and it's going to be a whole new game. But the principles remain the same. Uh, when you're taking the money, it's all about the responsibility, discipline, and all that to make the returns. So that's my prediction, really, five years from now. The venture capital world, the way it stays, may not be the same. Thank you, Rick. Great insights. Craig Davis, Relevant, talk to me. Crystal Ball, what do you see five years from today? Will we be having this conversation, or where would it go? Craig? Uh, I think um, I think this uh, conversation will be similar, but uh, but I think we'll be talking about uh, different constructs of of, of investors and in investing um, uh, with crowdsourcing. It's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. It's going to be interesting to see uh, whether or not uh, it takes on whether uh, there are more regulations around it uh, based on um, based on how investors will be turning out there. Um, but I think VCs will be around for a long time because, uh, you know, I think still it's the most efficient way of, mm-hmm. of uh, getting investments and also uh, the most efficient way of, of um, you know, getting the resources that, you know, one large firm or a few large firms can, uh, can offer to, uh, to new, new companies like ours. Thanks, Craig. Quick question. I'm going to give you a quick uh, time for a quick answer here. You'd mentioned regulations for crowdfunding. Right now, is it wide open? Is it the FFF on the Internet, the crowdfunding, the family, friends, and fools you've never met? Or is it really a sound way for a smaller entrepreneur to go out and get the money quickly? I think it's a start. Um, uh, that's great seed capital. Um, I mm-hmm. think there's risk. Um, but, you know, I think a lot of companies or a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, investors – can get burned. Uh, so, um, you know, I, I think that there uh, is going to probably have to be regulation as, as everything else going forward. Caveat emptor, there we go. And Gaurav Tawari, SAP Ventures. Predictions, I give you about a minute. What do you see five years from today on the pros and cons of VC funding? Will SAP Ventures still be around? Hmm. Well, I, I hope so. I think uh, you know, okay. the, firm, <laughs> the, fir, uh, the firm has certainly been around for the last uh, 20 years, so uh, you know we, we fully expect to be active for the foreseeable future. Uh, we have a very committed limited partner in SAP, uh, and uh, you know, I, in general, we've been fortunate to have uh, had good successes in our 
in our portfolio mix. And they have been really proud to uh, be behind some of the most innovative and disruptive companies that are out there. Uh, in terms of predictions, I, I'd say, my, you know, one is I think the VC industry is going to become more and more about the individual VC's brand as opposed to the firm's brand. We're already starting to see a trend around, you know, individuals who are uh, individual venture capitalists where we see firms kind of breaking off and hanging their own shingle. I think that will probably continue uh, because entrepreneurs, I think, are savvy enough to know that it's really, you know, when you use this concept of a marriage, well, you're not really getting married to a firm, an entity. You're getting married to a person, and mm-hmm. it's really about that person that you care about that you're going to be spending the most time with. And so I, I think in many ways, uh, savvy entrepreneurs know this today. They're very specific about not just targeting a VC fund, but the specific individual within the VC fund, who often, you know, as I mentioned before, uh, conventional wisdom is not right here uh, always because it's not always the most experienced person or the most person with the most operating track record is often the one who has the right balance of experience, judgment, as well as availability. The most savvy, uh, high-profile investor in the world will do you no good if they're never available to return your phone call. So mm-hmm. You've got to have somebody who you know, can, uh, can be mature enough and seasoned enough to help you with your business and resourceful enough, but also someone who is available and has the bandwidth and, and the willingness to invest their time and energy in helping you build your business because no business is a straight line to the right. There are twists and turns on the road that always happen. So I think that we will continue to see that. I also think that this uh, whole crowdfunding movement, uh, which, by the way, is nothing new, right? For centuries, art projects and movies and artistic endeavors were were funded through crowdfunding. Gaurav, 10 seconds. 10 seconds. Go. Yes, I I, I don't think it ever becomes a substitute for for professional VC funding. I think it applies to a niche of uh, projects and uh, entrepreneurs out there. Thank you. It's time for my predictions, and I'm going to rush through them next Thursday here on Startup Focus with Game Changers, 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 Eastern. We'll be talking about the handheld future, exploring the mind of mobility. How is it changing our digital dynamic, personally, professionally, and commercially? Next Tuesday, I'm launching a brand new series called Biz Buzz with Game Changers, following right after the end last this week of our HR Trends, which will be back in the spring as Tuesdays, 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern. And the show to start the new series will be called Marketing to millennials who what why when where and how do they really want to be marketed to tune in and find out and next wednesday coffee break with game changers 8 a.m pacific 11 eastern here on the business channel show number 114 wow enterprise mobility for dummies second edition yes there is a book you can run but you can't hide tune in you'll want to hear what we're talking about special thank yous to rick dutta Craig Davis, Garav Tawari, you're a wonderful panel. Thanks for sharing your insights, your expertise, your passions, and thanks for being with us. Shout-outs also to the very hardworking Michelle Hickey and Robert Kapanen and Mike, our new engineer. You did great. And the Business Channel team, a special shout-out to Ryan, Angie, and the new baby. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Here's my call to action. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game-changer today. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. And please join host Bonnie D. Graham again next Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 